0: Well guys, my name is Casey, I'm one of the uh, pastors here at New City Church, I've met a couple of you, we've got a lot of new faces today, first timers, uh, so if I didn't get a chance to uh, to meet you and, uh, and that kind of thing, I will let you know um, that I do want to meet you, and by the way, if you are a first timer, fill out a connect card, I saw several of you doing that today, at the orange table on the on the front when you come in, uh, we will have a gift for you if you turn in a connect card for the first time, so we do want to get to know you one of the visions that we have as a church is that we want to know your name and we want you to know that you are are known i'm going to talk about why the uh, biblically that's important but one of the things that we do when we talk about that is we actually have sign up sheets that we have each other sign up so if you will pass those uh clipboards down and uh there's one that should be at the very front of uh very end of the row and just pass it down one of the things that we do is we actually look over the names pray over the names Get to know the name so that when we do go, Oh, you're, okay, I've been talking about uh, Ricky for a long time, man. You know, hey, Ray Ray, I didn't. there you are. You know, that kind of thing. I've been seeing your name a bunch and that kind of thing. We, we definitely want to know who you are. Uh, we don't have any Ray Rays, but if we did, we would want to know you, right? <coughs> we need to get some Ray Rays in here because I love, I, love, I love the name. <laughs> We're also a church that uh, makes disciples who make disciples who make disciples. One of the things I love about ricky uh, i 'm going to shut this door because i 'm going to keep thinking somebody 's looking at me. Um, one of the things that I love about um, about Ricky getting baptized and his story and the reason why he did it is that that is the first step of obedience when you step into getting baptized and you've, if you 've never been baptized or if you 've baptized and didn 't know what you were doing or, or whatever. it is the first step of obedience of being a disciple. See, we are making disciples who make disciples who make disciples. Who make disciples. It is one of the visions that God has given us. And, and we definitely want to make sure that we continue doing, doing that. But we focus on teaching people to obey. So Jesus said in the, in the, on the Great Commission, Matthew 28, uh, starting in eight, verse 18, said that, that, Go, therefore, into all nations, baptizing, making disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, which is what we did today with Ricky. But he goes on to say, and teach them to obey everything I've commanded you to do. So although we focus on uh, teaching, we will never stop evangelizing, never stop reaching people, never start, stop seeking his kingdom, amen? Is what we do. And so we are a church where we make disciples who make disciples who make disciples. We are a church where the community is better off because we are in it, and the community knows it. Like We want to make sure we reach people. How many people... Could we see in the community, say, if it was not for this church, I mean, we want to reestablish the, the reputation of the church in the community. Like the church right now, overall, if you're going to be honest, doesn't have that great of a of a a reputation either that it's uh, money hungry or the church is out for you know whatever just trying to be a cool organization that grows or whatever that is or a bunch of hypocrites and all that kind of stuff no matter what the reason is we want to help reestablish what the church is supposed to be so that people look at us and go we don't know what we would do without you Like, like like we don't know if if it was not for you coming into this community i would still not be saved amen I and mean, we want to evangelize people and help people understand that. And because we are in extremely generous churches, which is the, the, the fourth vision that God gives us. And that's one of the reasons why we're talking about, you know, we, being, we greater than me, this whole series that we're talking about. By the way, several avenues for us to engage in those, those visions. Number one, we have a care team that now not only meets on Wednesdays at 1230, but also Thursday nights at 7.00 that meet together for prayer, meet together for how do we go reach and care for those who are in need in our church? How do we go to, what hospitals do we go to? Who's in need in those different areas? We have uh, our youth ministry, as I alluded to earlier, that that we've now baptized eight of our youth in the last six weeks. It's ridiculous, man, right? And we have actually super summer coming up, and we have super summer forums that got here today. Kyle, our youth pastor, and right here, by the way, Beautiful, beautiful music today too. Awesome, but but here's the thing, man. Kyle, m- get with Kyle. If you want one of the, one, if you're a youth, if you're a parent of a youth, um, you have an opportunity to go to a place where Kyle and I both were called to the ministry. Like it's a, it's that powerful of a of a time. Not very expensive as far as camps go and that kind of thing. But but man, you know, check this out. We, we're we're going to be going the very last week of um, June, and and so. Man, if you want to get your get your offspring that are between uh, like going into seventh grade up to twelfth grade uh, to go to this for a week, they will come back transformed in a lot of ways. Hey, Amen. I mean, it's it's an incredible thing. By the way, we're also needing sponsors and help. If you're over twenty one and want to help during that week to sponsor, uh, what's that? Especially ladies. Thank you very much, man. Check that out. Another thing that we're looking at. You can probably tell we're pretty full again in the second service and, in, and i'm glad for that i love that we were full also in the in the first service and at some point we've got to say okay we're, we're looking at a matter of fact uh, our staff's going to meet this week or, or this afternoon and really kind of hammer down when we're going to do a third service it will be in the morning most likely so some of us have been uh, we talked to several people this week that said i've been called to help in kid city i've been called to help in a greeting and or the parking i 've been called to help and worship we 're going to need help in, in a third service only to accommodate people as God is bringing more and more folks we 've got a ton of visitors again today god is God has shown us great favor amen it 's wonderful and so we want to be able to accommodate folks to the best we can with the space that we have to be able to accommodate see this building was not meant for two hundred and fifty people, which is what we are right, right about now amen, which is incredible to see three years ago we 're seven people not a baptism in in years and we just had our 20th baptism today this year and it's amazing what God has done I'm humbled by it and I'm frankly not surprised at what God know God can do all kinds of great things but but when we started the church two years ago guys we thought man it would be wonderful to have 75 people in a service it'd be fantastic and God's like you ain't seen nothing bro right Put your seatbelt on, dog. It's going to be a bumpy, crazy, awesome, amazing ride. And it has been. I'll never forget uh, David Eastwood coming to me a couple of, uh, it was about a year ago now. And if you don't know David Eastwood, David Eastwood is one of our prayer warriors. And, and, you know, he's physically unable to do a lot of serving in some ways. But boy, man, does he worship? Does he ever pray? And he told me that. He said, God spoke to me in the service. He said, put your seatbelt on. It's going to be a wild, crazy ride amen so let's jump man let's jump arms up as we go over the roller coaster all right that's why we praise our hands that's why we raise our hands and worship. Woo! Right? <laughs> in the back table uh the long orange table we've got over here um it's an opportunity for anybody that feels called to help in kid city by the way kid city is not some place where we just babysit our kids We've got an amazing curriculum we've, we've got examples of. It's called the Orange Curriculum, and it really does. When we disciple children in Kid City, they don't just say, hey, we're going to read them Dr. Seuss and go home, right, man? It's like you are going to learn what it means to be a disciple of Jesus because I'm telling you, I'm telling you that that, that it's, it's not very soon into into. The, the culture, by the time they're in third grade, they're starting to hear things like the the science and the proof and the facts of evolution, the facts of this, the facts of that that go against what the scriptures have to say, and we can arm them with all kinds of information. One of the things we're doing actually on Monday night, starting tomorrow, is we are starting a, a, a class called the, the 10 Most Common Objections to Christianity, and we're going to answer those objections. I don't know if we have a slide or not yet. <laughs> but it starts tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. And, and it really is by a guy named Alex McFarlane, who I happen to, happen to know and have met. He probably doesn't remember me. But I met him 10 years ago at an uh, uh, apologetics conference. If you don't know, um, I came to know the Lord because I examined all the evidence of different uh, religions. And there's absolutely nothing supernatural about Hinduism or Islam or Mormonism or you know Taoism or New Age. and that. But but you, the scriptures are, are incredibly, like... Like the the fingerprint of God is all over them, I, it's it's incredible, and we're going to talk through that over. You know, going to take six weeks, probably do two objections a week if we can. But we're gonna take those six weeks, and I'll tell you, you know, we've had a ton of people, lots of youth asking questions like, how do we know the Bible's real? How do we know Jesus is legit? How do we know this isn't you know, some weird translation that we're missing because it's been copied over time and those kinds of things? How do we know that Jesus actually rose from the dead? How do we know Jesus wasn't just a man and somebody's making a legend? All those questions that people have that are legitimate, honest questions, are gonna be answered over the next six weeks. So I want to encourage people to to come into that and, and look at that. And, you know, and, and you know, next week, man, just got a lot of things going on. Next week, we've got uh, something called Jump into Spring, which is a community event. I told you one of the things we want the community to know that they are better off, right, and be better off. And we want to encourage people to invite people to, we're going to bounce houses and grill out, and it's going to be free food and, you know, activities and that kind of thing. It's going to be an awesome time, so bring people to that. It's going to be after the second service. On Sunday afternoon next week, which is Palm Sunday, then the following week is Resurrection Sunday, right? What some people call it Easter, we call it Resurrection Sunday. We're going to have four services that morning. Uh, and it's on the back of your bulletin. But we're going to start off with a with a sunrise service on, at seven o'clock, which is going to be if you haven't been to one of those guys, it is it is awesome to be out where you know just kind of visioning the same sunrise that the same sun that rose on the on the folks that found the the empty tomb. We get to worship for a little bit and have some breakfast together and then have three services uh, that morning that are all in the back of your bulletin. So exciting time, amen. Exciting time to be part of our, our church. And it's incredible to me that my voice doesn't start giving out until I start talking. So it's been great. But I've got a little hot tea. I may have to take a couple breaks here and there. (laughs) <laughs> to, to handle hot tea, I've still got, um, thank you guys for your continued prayer, I have been uh, been battling, I battled the flu a couple of weeks back, still have an ongoing little bit of a cough, a little bit of a tickle, a little bit of a voice issue, and if you don't know, we are in this series called We Greater Than Me, and one of the things I love about this this, this series is about, you know, true true godly generosity, what kind of mind frame do we need to have, what kind of heart do we need to have, what kind of, you know, what, what do we got to do, and what does it look like for us to be generous God's way and I've been springboarding a bunch out of what's called the Sermon on the Mount and some of you 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 new Christians and new new people to the faith and haven't really got into your Bibles may not know what the Sermon on the Mount is what the Sermon on the Mount is is Matthew 5 right out of the gospel according to Matthew, Matthew Matthew 5 6 and 7 where Jesus conducts and, and, and says a, a gives a message for the very first time publicly according to the scriptures it's the first recorded sermon it is his longest sermon and it and and I, and I say this all the time because it's the only way i know how to describe it because there's a lot of religious people that are in the crowd that have been telling people and have been putting people in shackles and and have been saying to them that you've got to do this this and this and this to be holy that has nothing to do with actually being holy ceremonial hand washing and doing different things they had added about 10,000 rules and regulations to the commands of Scripture that had nothing to do with the actual commands or actual Scriptures. And they started considering those things holy. And Jesus starts dropping truth bombs like nuclear bombs on people and he starts saying all kinds of things that we're going to talk about and you know over the last six seven weeks i've been kind of springboarding out of the sermon on the mount and talking about different things and different concepts about generosity and that kind of thing so what i want to do today is i want to just read the sermon on the mount for the most part we're going to go through uh part of matthew 5 all of matthew 6 and all of matthew Seven and we 're just going to let the Lord speak to us in His own words. is that cool is that? I think that 's cool I think it 's cool I think Jesus is cool a lot cooler than than any of us you know and I love the Sermon on the mount here's I ran across a guy named uh, Tom Wacaster. All right, i don 't know if anybody knows who he is uh, if he's a, if he 's a false prophet, please let me know, but I love what he had to say about um, about uh, the the Sermon on the Mount. Listen to this what he said on his blog called tom 's Pen said, Matthew chapter 5 begins the longest single recorded discourse of our Lord. (coughs) Multiple tributes have been paid to this wonderful sermon, but any attempt to add to the beauty or grandeur of the words of our Lord would be like holding a burning candle next to the sun. R.L. Whiteside had had this note regarding the Sermon on the Mount. It seems certain that no other speech ever delivered has so influenced man as has this Sermon on the Mount. Its content, so superior to any production of man, proved the deity of its author. And it's absolutely right. Jesus was God in the flesh and is God. Its teaching is out of harmony with any school of religion or philosophy of that day. Hence, their brightest lights could not have produced it. Its teaching is distinct, revolutionary, challenging. Every school of religious thought of the times, both Jewish and heathen, it is not a product of the times, but of deity. Eldred Stevens quoted John T. Fisher's beautiful tribute concerning the Sermon on the Mount. So the, the, you know, those of us who, who man, are into psychology and psychiatry and that kind of thing, listen to what they have to say here. If you were to take the sum total of all authoritative articles ever written by the most qualified psychologists and psychiatrists on the subject of mental hygiene, if you were to take the whole of the meat and none of the parsley, And if you were to have these unadulterated bits of pure scientific knowledge concisely expressed by the most capable of living poets, you would have an awkward and incomplete summation of the Sermon on the Mount, and it would suffer immeasurably immeasurably by comparison. This sermon has been called the Manifesto of the King, the constitution of the kingdom and the Magna Charta of Christianity, it has been described as a forecast and an epitome of the entire oral ministry of Christ. It is indeed the masterpiece of the master preacher. There is perhaps no other selection in the New Testament that as a block of teaching reaches so deeply into the human heart and holds up the mirror to show a man what he is when compared to the Christ who spoke these words. Amen. So what I want to do, let me pray first, because, I, well, I'll just pray and you'll find out what I want to pray about. That's cool. Father, you sent your son. and We've been talking about generosity. It is the greatest gift, the most generous gift that you could ever give. And when your son Jesus stepped out publicly, like, and, and gave his first message It is so profound and so against everything that comes naturally to us that it shocked the people there and it shocks us still today. Here's what we're praying for, Lord, that as we talk about generosity, as we talk about our place in ministry, as we talk about we greater than me as we see ourselves as part of a larger body of believers and that we're to serve our, with our gifts and our talents and our time and our money and all the things that we can be generous with may you wash over us with your word. may you consume us completely in our minds in our hearts and our souls may as these we read simply read these words that you spoke so eloquently so much more eloquently than any of us ever could may you be glorified may you be obeyed because this is the answer lord your word is the answer father we love you and it is in your son's amazing and incredible name all god's people in the house said amen (coughs) so let me cough let me take a sip of hot tea with honey for the for the prescription of my friends and I'm going to read to you starting off in Matthew 5 starting in verse 3 he says and this is again so radically different than the teachings of the day and the teachings of today blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven if you if you Look at the word blessed. I want you to understand what he's talking about. That if, if you are blessed, then God knows your name. It has very little to do with material blessings, although God may bless us with some different things. But it is that he knows your name. See why we have that vision that we want to know your name and that you know that you were known. Simply a, a practical application of a godly characteristic. Blessed. Known Blessed are the, everybody say this word with me, peacemakers, right? And this is not talking about, we've talked about this before, he's not talking about trying to make sure people get along, although that is important. He's talking about making peace with God. You be at peace with God. Help others be at peace with God. For they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Like this goes against everything the world says to do, man. Look out for number one. You gotta get what's yours. You gotta look out for the big leg. You gotta step on dog eat dog, right, man? You're gonna get ahead, you're gonna have to trash some people, right? And he's not saying any of that. He's like, be humble, be meek, those who mourn, those who are hunger and thirst for righteousness, right? And he goes on to say, after that, things like, and I've heard, I've said this a bunch, but you've heard it said, do not commit adultery, but I tell you, if you have lust in your heart, you've heard it said, do not uh, commit murder, but I tell you, if you have anger in your heart, and and he, and he simplifies, yet, yet revolutionizes what it means to truly be in the will of, of God. And in Matthew 6, he starts talking, I mean, just... Again, just, just truth bombs just being laid down. Starting in verse 1 in Matthew 6, he says, be careful. And by the way, if you want to kind of just jot notes as you're listening to Jesus' words and say, okay, I think I might be okay in this area. This is where I need to, to improve in. Man, man, step into obedience. Be his disciple and do what he says. Be careful. Not to practice your righteousness in front of others, to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So, everybody say this word. So, when, right? When you give to the needy. This is not a command. This is just what we do. Amen? This is just who we are. When you give to the needy, don't announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do. Now, uh, he's pointing out the religious people of the day. Like, like every, the, the people that everybody looked to like, wow, they're so close to God. Wow, look how religious they are. Wow, look how spiritual they are. And he said, don't be like them. Wow. I mean, this dude was courageous, right? How many of us would step up and say, don't be like those people that everybody says are so... Religious and so good with God. And he's saying, Don't be like them. So when you give to the needy, don't announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. I just gave a thousand dollars to the homeless. I just went and went to the soup kitchen and fed a whole bunch of people. Look what I'm doing. Don't do that. Just do it. Truly I sell I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left, left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And say this with me. When? When you pray. That's just what we do. Right? Right? Do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others so that everybody can tell them, wow, look how spiritual they are. Wow, look at that eloquent prayer. I didn't even know that was a word. Oh, man. I didn't know what beseech means, but it sounds really good. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. It's a relationship. It's a matter of the heart. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And and, and when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them. Whew. No wonder they wanted to kill Jesus. Right off the bat, Right? For your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father. Not my Father. Like, we greater than me. It is a collective. It is a body. It is a, it is a truly a, a living sacrifice together, holy and pleasing to the Lord. Our Father in heaven. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us our daily bread and forgive us collectively we pray for one another we pray together we pray we over me forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us for if you forgive deliver us from the evil one for if you oh man man this hurts but we got to deal with this for if you forgive other people when they sin against you your heavenly father will also forgive you everybody say but but if you do not forgive others their sins your father will not forgive your sins guys that is a heavy bomb that lays on a lot of us because if we're going to be honest a lot of us are are holding on to grudges holding on to unforgiveness we're angry towards somebody god, and, and and god is saying let it go let me have it because if you're not willing to forgive and he talks later about judgment he will not forgive you guys that hurts But I'm begging this, man. I want to be in heaven with you guys. I do. I swear I do. And I can't possibly cast judgment on anybody's soul. That's God's job. But he says if you don't forgive, you ain't forgiven. Dang. One word. Let it go. I love our church. When Fast. Do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces and show us others they are fasting. Oh, look at me, everybody! I'm trying to get close to God. I don't want to. I'm so hungry. Haven't eaten in a fifteen minutes. Look at me. When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces. To show others they are fasting. Truly I tell you. They have received their reward in full. Because everybody looks at them. Wow. Look how spiritual they are. But when you fast. Put oil on your head. And wash your face. Look alive people. You're one of mine. So that it will not be obvious to others. That you are fasting. But only to your father. Who is unseen. And your father. Who sees what is done. In secret. Will reward you. He starts getting into the heartbeat and the core of generosity. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But, everybody say but. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will will be full of life. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? A lot of people say, ah, that's right. You can look at somebody, tell them they're, Jesus, they're full of Jesus. No, you can't, right? There's a lot of deceiving light. Like, what this is saying is that what you fix your eyes on, what you look at, what it, that's what comes into your body, right? Like If you fix your eyes on the, the light, your body will be full of light. If you fixate on the darkness... Your body will be full of darkness, and how great is that darkness. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. Amen is right. You cannot serve both God and money. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. What will you eat? Or about your body, or what you will wear, is not life more than food and body more than clothes. Look at the birds of the air that do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Yes, we shoot the gorilla, right? Not the kid. It's not even a debate. Amen? God says we are worth his gift. Can any of you, I love this question, can any of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field go grow, they do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon, the richest man to have ever lived, historically speaking, puts Bill Gates and Warren Buffett in a poorhouse, right? In all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and to tomorrow, thrown into the fire, fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Starting in verse 1, do not judge or you too will be judged. This is the life verse for a lot of people who like to smoke weed. I'm just saying, right? Don't judge me. Jesus said don't judge. Oh, there's more. Wait a minute. Actually, it's interesting because a lot of people will take that verse and do all kinds of things and they'll forget the rest. Don't forget what's before it or behind it. Guys, if you, have a, if you look at the scriptures, we've got to look at every verse in context of all the other verses to understand it. We've got to know who's speaking. We've got to know why they're saying what they're saying and who they are speaking to. Do not judge or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you, If you're going around pointing a bony finger of indignation and making judgments on people and God is saying, hey, you better be right because I'm going to take the same standard you use. And if you say, oh, you're not really a, 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 a good person. You're not really a Christian. You're not really that. Jesus is looking at you going, uh, you sure you want to go there, bro? Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? Now listen to this carefully. This is the heartbeat of discipleship that we make disciples who make disciples who make disciples. How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there's a plank in your own eye. Hey, bro, there's a speck in your eye, you know. And then I smack him with my plank on his other eye, right? I got sawdust from your plank, bro. Right? (laughs) Freshly sawed plank in your eye. You hypocrite. First, take the plank out of your own eye. Get right with me. Deal with your issue. And then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. We are to deal with the speck, but we've got to deal with the plank on ourselves. Amen? We've got to be right with the Lord, man. We can't go around pointing a bony finger of indignation in, the, in, in other people's faces. We can't do that. But we can help people as we are growing closer and getting at peace with God, blessed are the peacemakers. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they will trample them under your feet, under their feet, and turn and tear you to pieces. Asking it will be given to you. This is not prosperity gospel. This is getting right with the Lord, wanting what He wants, and asking Him for it. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Enter through the narrow gate. This is where it gets a little scary, guys. If we're going to be honest, this is really challenging. Because we want to, we want to say, oh, everybody's going to go to heaven. Everybody. And this is not, not even close. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bare good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And I've read all kinds of commentaries about that. None of them sound great to me. Thus by their fruit you will recognize them. Oh, pay attention. My brothers and sisters, pay attention. Verse 21. Jesus is pulling no punches. His first time coming out, man. He does not lean and he does not hold back he says not everyone who says to me lord lord will enter the kingdom of heaven but only the one who does the will of my father and who is in heaven many he will say to me down that day lord lord did we not prophecy in your name and did we not in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles god we did your stuff we did religious stuff we did churchy stuff Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. You're not blessed. Away from me, you evildoers. Oh, Amen. Therefore, the baptism waters are ready. If anybody needs to take that step, Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. Come on! That R should be capitalized, I believe. (coughs) But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these words, the crowds the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority, not as their teachers of the law. Wow. Throw it down, Jesus, right out of the gate, no holds barred, no punches pulled. Threw it down, laid down the gauntlet for us, guys. I'm telling you, it is a radical, rebellious departure from the rest of the world who says, "Oh, you gotta look out for number one. Oh, you gotta get what's yours. Oh, you gotta do this and do that and do that and do that." And Jesus is saying, "Be humble, be con- submissive, be." hunger and thirst for righteousness, for yours is the kingdom of heaven. He will wipe away your tears, y'all. Man, he will. And although it is simple what Jesus said here, it is very, very difficult to do something that goes against everything we've ever known, which is why it's so radical, amen? Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to say these words to us, It is the most amazing concepts that he threw down right out of the gate, Lord. (coughs) Father, as we are learning what it means to be generous, learning what it means to be humble, learning what it means to, to truly see things the way you see them, Father, may we simply step into what it means to be obedient. For some of us, It is baptism. For some of us, it is we've been baptized, but we've never learned to actually obey. For some of us, we're looking at these things I'm not that, I'm not that, I'm not that, I'm not that. God, help us to be that. Help us to be the kind of person that you outlined in your word. Isaiah 66 says, you show favor to this kind of person, one who is humble, one who is submissive in spirit to you and to others and those who are trembling at your word. God, may we do that. May we see it for what it is. And Father, may you forgive us where we have stepped into disobedience through whatever, whether we're not forgiving or whether we're not humble, whether we're we're, stiff-necked people. Lord, may you break our hearts and be the kind of people that you want us to be so that we can show others the same and help them with respect. We love you, Father. And it is in your son's amazing and awesome and incredible name with great enthusiasm. Everybody in the house said amen. Amen.